standby. Hello, this is Penn Jillette. The possibility exists that if I were to actually listen to the lackadaisical Librocubicularist podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I would potentially enjoy it. A ringing endorsement. Potentially enjoy this episode, which will start after the other half of my magical comedy duo, Teller, gives us a countdown. Take it away, Teller. Hello, welcome to the LibroCube. Uh, my name is Jordan Maywood, and I am the lackadaisical LibroCubicalist. Today, my friends, is TV Tuesday, sometimes referred to as Television Tuesday, sometimes referred to as Television Tuesday when I'm feeling Doug Heffernan-y, because I do believe that is how he would say it from time to time, Television that is a TV reference, which fits in with our theme of TV on this TV Tuesday. You see where I'm going with this? We're going to talk about TV, if you cannot have not guessed. Before we do, I should say that there will be spoilers. That is a liberal cube guarantee. A guarantee, if you prefer. I don't know why you would prefer, but it is, nonetheless. Another thing I like to say at the top of every show is that if you like what you hear, the only payment I ask is a million dollars. <laughs> no. That is ridiculous. The only payment I ask is perhaps you pass the podcast on to a friend. Perhaps you rate, subscribe, and comment within iTunes. Oons. So that is what helps others find podcasts. That is what helps podcasts gain in popularity and have more listeners than they had previously. So please, please do so. That is the only payment I ask, as I have indicated. I think that will take us into our last piece of podcast-related business, which is today's sponsor, which is the Jennifer Tilly School of Cartoon Voice Acting. Once again, today's sponsor is the Jennifer Tilly School of Cartoon Voice Acting. Thank you to that for sponsoring this episode, in which I have brought back two shows, really, really good shows, that uh, I kind of felt like I hadn't brought back in a while, so I felt I owed it to them, for the reason that they are kind of, not the only, but among a very, very few shows that are currently on the air that I watch currently. Most of my show watching uh, is done through Netflix or DVDs for the reason that I like to get my binge on, and I don't really watch too many shows that are currently airing. However, Modern Family and Parks and Recreation are so, so very good that I can't help myself. Plus, uh, in a half-hour comedy situation, it's, uh, it's easier to hop in every week, whereas... Long, longer shows, hour-long, special drama where the, the story's ongoing. I, I find I don't get as much bang for my buck as I do when you binge-watch them. You feel me? This, this subject has come up before. It's not something new. Some, not something I'm bringing up that has never been said before. But, you know, it's got to be said sometimes, every once in a while. Yeah? Question mark? Okay, so with all of that said, I will say one final thing, and that is... This is just the opening I'm recording. <laughs> uh, I'm driving home 
from work today with a whole bunch of podcasts to uh, to record in full. However, I'm uh, kind of sick. Yeah, kind of kind of really sick. So what I decided I would do is just record a bunch of openings, so that way when uh, I hop into the actual factual real episodes themselves, a lot of the uh, the beginning work will already be done for me. Plan it ahead is what it is. Is what it is. Yeah. All right. So with all that said, I will just place place. No, I will push. This button that says transition, you will hear a sound that indicates a transition is happening, and then I will start talking about Modern Family and Parks and Rec. How about them apples? Yay. Transition away! Transition! Modern Family Season Episode Titled Three dinners. Ah, interesting. An interesting title. Do they always have titles for TV episodes? I feel like Gilligan's Island. Like, not every episode had a title. It was like, just a number. Whatever. I'm happy with the whole title situation. Because coming up with titles is fun. What will the title of this episode be? I don't know. Usually, unless inspiration strikes while talking, uh, the title will come from me editing it and then hearing something that makes me go, huh, yeah, that'd be a title, and then typing it in. That's a little behind-the-scenes action. Let's get back in front of the scenes and watch a little Modern Family, in which they've done a, a, a very, very cool thing, and that is something that almost feels regular on this show, in that... Because this is a large family, a modern family, (laughs) uh, it allows them to have multiple stories going at one time. In this case, it is three separate stories happening simultaneously, all revolving around people sitting down and eating, which is something that happens every day. If you are, you know, lucky enough to have meals every day, I suppose some people... They're not so lucky. Oh, wow. Really, really brought it down there. We're talking about two comedy shows, so maybe let's not talk about starving people in Africa right this second. Dinner the first is Phil and Claire, the Dumpsies, take uh, Haley out to a nice meal. Why would they do this? For the reason that they want her to sort of turn her shit around, man. Get a little ambition in your life for once, why don't you? Uh, Haley's in that time of life, post-high school, which uh, I did find tough as well for figuring out what to do. Uh, one thing I would not recommend is taking uh, general arts and sciences, which is basically just saying, I don't know what I want to do with my life, so I'll just take whatever and hope things fall into place. Uh, I can tell you from my experience, that does not work. <laughs> my experience being that I would just not go to school and go to the movie theater and see movies instead. Could have been a movie critic. Yeah, that's what I should have done. I guess I am on Movie Mondays. Huh, how about that? Coming full circle, basically. Uh, it all sort of fell apart when uh, my car broke down, and it broke down while I was at the movie theater, so that took some splaining, as uh, Ricky Ricardo would have to say. Jordan, you got some splaining to do. Oh, boy, yeah. So that wasn't fun. Haley equally seemingly 
having the same sort of thoughts. What do I do? What's going on? I don't know what to do. Blah, blah, blah. Phil and Claire decide that they're going to treat her to a nice dinner in order to treat her to some of the truth. Oh, boy. It's going to be tense. <laughs> this took a turn that uh, I did not see coming. <coughs> I have mentioned in innumerable things, usually I think Movie Monday is the sort of number one for me, that uh, when something happens in a movie that I did not see coming, that's automatic like for me because I can usually kind of tell where things are going. So if I am surprised suddenly by something that happens, like I kind of was here, uh, I like it. The surprise came in that uh, Phil and Claire got drunk. Uh huh. I guess they were nervous about having to deal with this situation. Haley did not drink. So that right there is kind of a, a role reversal. The other reversal came in the fact that Haley let loose with the fact that she actually does have a plan for the future, has uh, been making sort of money on a website on the side, doing kind of fashion-y things. They kept seeing her taking selfies of herself and thought she was very sort of just vain and wasting time, but it turns out these selfies were going on her blog. Her blog, which uh, she's hoping to turn into a sort of uh, fashion, perhaps not designer, but fashion Easter. Yeah, sure, let's just say fashionista, because I don't know what fashion terms to use here. I know that may surprise you, as I'm very, very fashionable. <laughs> I get all of my clothes at Walmart. The George Collection, I'll tell you right now, pretty, pretty swanky. So uh, this sort of news kind of blows them out of the water. They are also drunk, <laughs> so she's got to, like, drive them home. They forgot their wallets. So she's also got to pay. Total sort of role reversal. I like them. I think that may have been, yeah, that may have been my favorite one of these three. Sorry, other two. Number two is Jay and Gloria sit down with uh, Chaz Palminteri and Jennifer Tilly. I didn't write down their names on the show. I wrote down their actual names, the actors' names. Chaz Palminteri, uh, I don't know if it's just me, but he's an actor who... 100% guaranteed you have seen and you know who he is, but uh, I didn't know his name. And that's kind of surprising to me just because that's a, a very uh, a sort of standout name. I, I definitely never heard Chaz Palminteri as a name before, other than with him. Uh, Jennifer Tilly also. Hey, wait a second. She's sponsoring today's show, her cartoon voice acting school. That is a coincidence. Anyways, let's just glance over that. They were sitting down with Jay and Gloria. Jay, of course, played by Ed O'Neill, and Gloria played by Sophia Verhaha. The lovely Ed O'Neill. <laughs> Role reversal. Um, Chaz and Jennifer are dropping the bomb that they're going to be moving to sunny Costa Rica. This is sad because Chaz is, uh, is Jay's... <laughs> now I've got all the names screwed up. Chaz is uh, Jay's, is Ed O'Neill's best friend. So he's going to be sad to see him go. Uh, I know that feel, bro. Uh, a lot of my friends have moved away, and it does sadden me. Uh, I'm actually in the next, I think it's less than six months now, going to be moving out of the the hometown that uh, me and all my friends grew up in, so that's kind of sad as well, but exciting. The sadness comes in not seeing your friends as much as you used to, but I guess you can't really expect to see friends who you saw every day 
in high school or after high school, saw them almost every weekend, partying, and now see them maybe a couple times a year. That's uh, it's it's sad. It's a sad numbers game, but it's gonna happen. I tried for a very very long time to keep us all together and see each other on a regular basis, and uh, I did okay, but it was such a friggin' hard thing to do. And when it didn't work, I took it. I took it hard, and it hurt. Just hurt. So uh, I kind of gave up on the whole thing because it was easier to not try. Uh, further sadness. Man, really bringing this episode down with starving African kids and friggin' drifting apart friends. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Eventually, they kiss and make up and come to the realization that despite living far apart and not seeing each other as often, they'll still be friends. So, yeah, maybe that's a silver lining I should take away as well. See, learning a little, too. Cam and Mitch... They're alone at last, out for a romantic dinner. No Lily, no wedding talk. You know what, for some reason I thought they were already married. Is this like a re, uh, redoing their vows kind of thing? Uh, they are sitting at a table, and at the table next to them is a lovely couple, of which the man is going to propose to the woman. Oh, adorables. Basically that story involves how uh, mostly... Mostly Cam, for the reason that he's a bit of a Budinsky, uh, kind of gets involved with this happening, and uh, they fuck it up pretty good. Yeah, spoiler. Uh, I do. I do give a spoiler word. A word, as Barbara Walters would perhaps say. Uh, yeah, that uh, I liked because it kind of had a little bit of a, a Frasier and Niles Crane feel to it. Like you could easily, I think taking out some of the getting married homosexual things, <laughs> could easily sort of implant uh, Fraser and Niles Crane to this situation and have it go exactly the same. Just constant misunderstandings and fucking ups. So uh, I like that, just for the reason that I was a big Fraser fan. So it was nice. Okay, let's move on to Parks and Rec or Parks and Recreation, if you prefer. I do not prefer, because I don't have time to say the full name. Although I suppose I did, and now I'm explaining it. Uh, I hoped to get this done on the way to work, so I got to speed through this Parks and Rec uh, uh, a little quicker than I did Modern Family. This episode is titled Farmer's Market. Farmer's Market. In this episode, Ben and Leslie are working together. Married and working together? Oh my. The missus and I have talked about this before. Like, oh, you think we could work together? The answer is always no. <laughs> uh, you need that time apart. I, I don't think anyone, human beings, married, friends, whatever, spending their entire days together all day, every day, is a good idea. <laughs> One thing we do always say is that uh, sometimes we watch a show called Eat Street, and this is TV Tuesday related, so I can bring it up. Uh, it's about all those uh, food, not cart, food truck peoples, and uh, a lot of them, a freakish amount of them, are like husband and wife teams, and we, we always say that if we were to do one, it couldn't be uh, one where things are being cooked, because we're, mostly me, are always hot, in a constant state of being hot, so we would do it with like an ice cream truck, so we'd be nice and cool, and then that would keep our... Uh, our temper's cool as well, both literally, but more figuratively than anything. 
Anyways, uh, Ben and Leslie working together, seemingly, at first, is just going great. Nothing to see here that is wrong whatsoever. However, because Ben is now large and in charge of things in the government, uh, Leslie asks for something and is denied. Not for the reason that Ben doesn't love her, but for the reason that it wouldn't be uh, within the confines of the law. So he can't do it. That thing is uh, shutting down... <laughs> this is funny. This is something that no one has ever said before. <laughs> the thing that Leslie wants is for Ben to set that, shut down a uh, sexy char stand. Char, if you are unfamiliar, is a green leafy vegetable of some sort that I do believe is not very tasty. I don't think I've ever had char, but I think it's got like a bitter taste to it. The only way that you could sell this is with scantily clad men and women dancing around, holding the char, saying how good it is. That's the only way. And Leslie is against this obvious crass commercialism and scantily cladness at a farmer's market. Hell, I didn't mind it. Some of those ladies looking pretty good. Make me, make me want to buy a little char, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. So that's uh, story number one. They do something smart, couple-wise, and that is when not at work are not allowed to talk of work. I think uh, rules such as that would be needed in order to keep a relationship and work working. Another story going on at the same time, which I, I think kind of Parks and Rec and Modern Family have in common a great deal, is that because their cast are large, it allows them to have multiple stories ongoing. In fact, this had three stories just like uh, Modern Family had three stories. Story number two, Ann Perkins, played by Rashida Jones, who I am a big fan of, is super pregnant. With the donated, mm, donated in one way or another, sperm of Rob Lowe. This story, I don't know how likely it is. The first one had things that are believable. This one, I'm not sure. Uh, Rob Lowe's character is too attentive, too nice, too fixing of problems for Rashida Jones. Uh, I kind of doubt that a normal pregnant woman, well, maybe hormones and whatnot, would have anything against that. But she's just like, okay, all I want to do is vent about my problems. I don't need you to fix every single one of them. But hey, humans like having their problems fixed, I assume. <laughs> that is part of being human. So, uh, I don't know. She is forced to join the uh, cheese, wine, cheese, and complaints club. Because that's a club within this government that meets once a week to uh, drink wine, eat cheese, and complain about things. So she gets her complaint on there. Too much so, so that the members of this club turn it into the sushi and cigar club for the reason that that will keep a pregnant woman away. Pregnant women can't eat sushi? Huh. Poor, uh, poor pregnant woman. Cigars? Yeah, no big deal. Uh, Ron Swanson is a member of this club, all he does is puts headphones on and listens to music, rather than to the complaints. So basically this entire episode, he's got these giant set of headphones on, because he's pretty old school. Uh, Tom Haverford, played by Izzy's Ansari, does hook him up with a, uh, I guess it's an iPod, <laughs> and that's my favorite part of the entire episode, or got the highest 
decibel level of laughter from me is that Ron kept calling his iPod this rectangle. Man, this rectangle is great. It's got all my records on it. All my records are on this rectangle. I love this rectangle. <laughs> I like it. Okay, uh, third and final story, Andy and April. Uh, Andy takes a gig since he is a, uh, a member of a band. The band members are not pleased at this taking of gig for the reason that it's at a children's birthday party. Oh man, we're real musicians. We don't play for kids. Plus all their songs are about like sex and drugs and drinking and stuff, so uh, th that ain't good. So they decide not to go along. Andy does go, starts one of his songs. I think you can almost kind of see him thinking. You get the impression that he is potentially going to sing one of these sexy songs <laughs> in front of the kids, but no. Spur of the moment, like, using that big brain of his? What? No. <laughs> Changes out some of the words so that uh, instead of having sex feel so good, picking your nose feels so good. Things along that line. Because he is kind of a kid at heart, so, you know. He does a good job, which uh, is setting it up, I guess, for him to, in future, be a children's singer of a uh, popular nature. Mm, yes. So, uh, yeah, I like that. It's a good, a potentially good story arc brew in there. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay, I was, I was about to wrap it up, but uh, one final note is that uh, the dad of the kid who's having this children's party is played by Billy Eichner. What? Billy Eichner. You gotta check out uh, Billy on the Street, first off, if you do not know who Billy Eichner is. And he is playing very much that character, the sort of amped up, angry but comedically angry character. And uh, it just fits spot on with this so, so very well. He was uh, up there with Generating of Laughs with Ron Swanson and his Rectangle. Ron Swanson's Rectangle may be the title of this episode. Hey! Did I not mention this morning that sometimes the title will just hit you? It'll hit ya. And I think that is what has happened here. Ron Swanson's Rectangle. I like it. Oh, uh, I, I did have one final note, and this is perfect for the reason that I'm at work and don't have time to talk about anything else. This is item number three. I have written here, Honorable Mention to At Midnight. Uh, I did it all at Med Midnight's TV Tuesday episode, I think last TV Tuesday. Anyways... There was an episode that was so, so very good. Uh, I, I, I couldn't bring it back just for the reason that I, I just brought back a whole bunch of them, just devoted a whole TV Tuesday to them. But I did want to mention it just so you go check it out and keep this show alive because it's the friggin' funniest show on TV. Just period. The guests were Scott Ackerman, fellow podcaster, Weird Al Yankovic, and Brian Posehane. So, uh, pretty, pretty cool uh, lineup there, and so, so many laughs that I had to mention honorably. Folks, we did it. I'm at work. So, I'm going to stop talking. Yay. I will say, though, as I like to do from time to time, that it is nice to be nice to the nice. Thank you for listening. We here in the Liberal Cube would love to hear from you. If for any reason you would like to contact us, you can do so via the email address, mailwood.jordan at gmail.com. And now I have a theory.
I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. No, something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day. You ain't seen nothing yet. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? The best is yet to come, come the day you're mine. Live long and prosper.